Welcome, you're listening to the Cultivate Podcast, where we share stories to help us cultivate the characteristics of Christ. We're your hosts, Lydia Bridgman and Kayla Hallstrom. Thanks for joining us as we grow together. and welcome back to the show. We are so glad that you've tuned into this episode. Whether you're driving in your car or lounging on the couch, we are so blessed to know that you've chosen to listen today. Today, we are starting a new series, Cultivate Leadership. We're going to talk with some incredible guests who we view as leaders in our community and see what they have to share about true leadership and what it means to lead in whatever area the Lord has placed you. We hope that today's episode will encourage and inspire you as we welcome our first guest. John Rickner is the college and high school pastor at our home church, and he reflects leadership not only in his title, but also in his character and walk with the Lord. Welcome to the show, John. Hey guys, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you. I was just thinking about this morning. Um, John's brother, Nathan, was actually on our Cultivate Calling Our very series. first guest with yeah, Paige. Yeah, which was really, really cool to kind of see both of you guys on the show. And both of you guys are awesome. So we're excited Boy, to I have you. I appreciate that. Yeah, he's a great dude. And we, I don't know why people say this all the time, but they think we look exactly alike. Yeah, so, not exactly. Yeah, I don't think so either, but I, people get us mixed up all the time. So, Although I have to say, uh, one summer I worked in the office with both John and Nathan and my favorite game to play, because you can always hear you guys coming, is who was it? Like I'd, I'd ask the people around me real quick, like John or Nathan? And they'd have to be like, uh, uh, I think it's John. And then if you'd walk in, you know. We like to sing pretty loud in the hallways, so yeah. Yeah, oh, that's so fun. I yeah. love it. So John, can you just introduce for our listeners um, yourself, a little bit about your family, um, sort of where you are in your ministry career. Um, and then of course, any fun facts or things that our listeners should know. Yeah, so I, uh, I'm actually, I've been, I wasn't born in Peoria, but I've lived in Peoria almost all my life, except for a few years here and there. And I've been married to my wife, Michaela. We just celebrated our nine-year anniversary in June. And we have two daughters. Ariana is three and Joanna is one. So we're in that stage where we don't get a lot of sleep, mm-hmm. but it's all good. We drink a lot of coffee. So <laughs> Coffee for the yeah, 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 yeah. So, so yeah, that's that's been great. And uh, as far as what I do at the church, like you said, I, I really, my official title is the student life pastor. So I, like you said, college students, high school students. And so I've been doing that at Northwoods in some sort of way, youth pastor, whether it was middle schoolers, high school, whatever it was, I've been doing that at Northwood since 2011. And I started on our Galesburg campus. And then in 2014, I moved to the Peoria campus and that's where I've been uh, ever since. And uh, I like to tell everybody I'm a huge Packer fan wherever I go. So uh, that's something not really interesting, but yeah. just everybody should know that because I'll, I'll say things <laughs> yeah. about that and make sure that's known, especially in the middle of Chicago Bears country here. True. In oh, yeah. true. <laughs> Gotta, yes. Yeah. I know. Super fun. Yeah. Well, diving into it, in your own words, how would you define a leader? What qualities do you think a good leader should have? Yeah, I think there's a lot of different definitions out there and I'm sure we've heard lots of them as over the years, you know, John Maxwell used to say, you know, leadership is influence and there's all I kinds of great Maxwell. yeah, all kinds of great definitions out there of ways people would define it. I remember I heard a definition a couple of years ago by a guy, a guy named John Dixon and he said that 
He said, leadership is the art of inspiring a team of others towards a common goal. Mm. And that, it's a pretty basic definition, mm -hmm. but it, it always stuck with me because there was a couple words in there that stood out to me. The word he talked about, leadership is the art. I think the art word stuck out to me because just like there's many different forms of art, I think there's a lot of different forms of leadership. Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. Yeah, so I think leadership is more art than it is just science and science, you know, it's a scientific thing we do. I think there's principles that can apply across different places, wherever your context, but I think it's definitely an art because how you lead in the classroom, Lydia, and and how Kayla leads in Discovery Land with children is gonna be different each of us will be different how we lead because the context is different and the people that we're leading are mm -hmm. different. So I think it's definitely an art. And then the other word in that definition I always liked is he said it's the art of inspiring a team of others. Mm -hmm. I love the word others because leadership is definitely about others. It's not just about me. Right. It's about others. How do mm -hmm. we help others achieve their full potential? And ultimately, how do we inspire them towards a common goal? Yeah. I love that word art too, because it implies that it's not just like you can do it or you can't. Like art is a skill. It's a craft. You can get better at it. You can learn more. You can learn the other styles. And it's not just this one-time thing of like, well, I either got it or I don't. It's something that you can develop mm -hmm. over the years. Yeah. And I love too that leadership, kind of as you hinted at, it can look so different in so many different areas. Sometimes I think um, we can think of this leadership position as the position and not as much um, as the other way that you can look at it. So sometimes it's holding a position of authority, but sometimes it's a little more informal um, and focus more on influencing people, but not necessarily holding a position of authority. Um, I know a lot of people in my life who um, I view as amazing leaders because they have so much influence, but they might not be that person, you know, preaching up on stage. They might not be that person that sometimes I think in our world we can look to as leaders and they can be leaders, you know, if their heart has that servant-hearted mentality um, and that servant heart but I think too, there's also quiet leaders and people too that have an influence that goes far beyond this big position that they might have. Yeah, that's good. So John, would you like to share a time maybe that you overcame a struggle or a setback or a challenge as a leader? Yeah, I think every leader is gonna face challenges you know, almost every day in wherever they're leading, whatever that context is. But I think some of the biggest challenges for me have been more internal than external. So obviously there's external problems that as a leader you're trying to fix or um, improve upon wherever, wherever you're working mm -hmm. at or whatever the context you're leading in. But again, I think for me, the biggest challenges, struggles have been internal for me. And I think that is some of the biggest challenges that leaders face. But sometimes as leaders, we don't want to face the internal struggles because that's might slow us down. It's tough work. And so, you know, for me, I think one of those would be I, for a long time, have struggled with anxiety mm -hmm. in that I'm always constantly living out in the future in what if land, what if this happens yeah. or what if, you know, what if I'm not good enough for this or, and, and so I can, I can, lead out of an anxious place a lot. Mm -hmm. And it was a couple years ago that a mentor of mine pulled me aside and said, John, has anyone ever told you that you have anxiety? And I was like, I don't have anxiety. What are you talking about? Like, 
people have anxiety have issues. I don't have issues, <laughs> right? And, and he's like, no, John, I think you have anxiety. And it was the first time someone had ever like told me that. And I was like, well, what does that mean? Does that mean I'm like, I can't lead anymore? I'm, I'm broken? Like what's, what am I supposed to do? And so it kind of started a journey of me of, of being honest about some of the things going on inside of me. And so I, you know, I started to look, okay, well, how am I going to get through this? And at our church, we have something, we have a lot of different prayer ministries at yeah. Northwoods. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I met with uh, our senior pastor who actually is my dad. <laughs> and a lot of it for me, the anxiety yeah. piece was fear-based. And so there were a lot of things he helped walk me through in my past. And I really believe that. And I can tell you today, God set me free from anxiety. But it's not that I don't, when I say he set me free, it doesn't mean that I never deal with it anymore. Mm-hmm. But it's the whole idea that, I don't lead and I don't live out of that place anymore. Right. And that I, every day yeah. it's a constant place of coming back. And, you know, I always say God's presence is in the present. And so mm-hmm. when I'm anxious, it's when I'm not living in the present, it's when I'm living way out in the future. Yeah. And I'm not meant to live out there. That's where God is, right? right. He'll take care of the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He tells me to live in the moment. And so yeah. for me, it's just every day and it's hard work because it's every day, it's reorienting my mind that today, you know what? God promises to meet my needs today. today. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. what I'm going to focus on. And and so when I stay there, I'm in a much better place uh, just as a person, but also as a leader. And so that's, that's just an example of an internal struggle that I've had for many years, but I feel like God has set me free from that. And I'm, and I'm on a journey to to stay in that place and stay in the present mm-hmm. and not let anxiety be the way that I lead and live. Yeah. I love that you say that it's a journey because that is so true. In any aspect of things that we're struggling with or that we have in the past, it is a journey. And I love too that you said that, you know, the Lord does set you free um, and help you to realize, whoa, this is something that I really need to grow in, something I need to work on. But then it is that choice every single day to put on the, whether it's, you know, going against the lies of the enemy and putting on the armor of God every single morning, every single day um, mm-hmm. to be able to combat those lies. And and I think that's something too that holds a lot of people who have leadership qualities in them sometimes back from going after things that God has for them. And um, whether that's a position or just a certain call that they have maybe as a leader is that fear of, um, particularly for me, I feel like I sometimes struggle with the fear of failure. You know, mm-hmm. the fear that the way that I'm leading others might not get to the result that I was originally thinking, um, or I might not be doing a good enough job at that. And so um, I feel like that's definitely very relatable um, to a lot of our listeners. Yeah, I love the, just the bringing to light that it's not always the external. It's not always like, well, this event didn't go how we planned or the team didn't yeah. pull this together or something technology broke and you know that made this happen. That sometimes it's just the internal struggle. Um, and those are harder sometimes because you're the only one who knows about them and you have to bring them out into the light. Like people see on the outside when things aren't working, yeah. but on the inside, I feel like that's even more challenging as a leader to, you know, bring that into the light and reach out for help about that and and just realize that you're not alone in that, but you have to share to do that first, which mm-hmm. can be hard. 
Yeah, and self-reflection, like you had said, is huge. I feel like a um, characteristic of a good leader um, is being able to self-reflect and and notice the areas in which you need to grow, Um, which kind of leads us to our next question. Um, John, what are some of the things that have helped you personally develop as a leader um, over the last like five or so years? Yeah, I think for me, obviously there's a lot of resources out there. There's probably more resources than ever today mm-hmm. in the form of this, like a podcast. Right. I love to read. Uh, I do a lot of reading on books. There's tons of books out there on leadership, obviously. Uh, but I think for me, the the things that they're not, I guess when I talk, when I hear you, the things that have helped me grow aren't things, they're actually mm-hmm. people. And so for mm-hmm. me, it's been having deep relationships with a few people. So some of those are peer relationships. Some of those uh, are people who are further down the road in their journey than me. And those are the, those people are the ones who have helped me to grow as a leader the most because they're able to point out things in me that maybe are out of line with who God has called me mm-hmm. to be. Or, you know, they have permission to speak into my life on things. There are people who, when I have a struggle, an internal struggle, I'm able to share with them, here's, you know, here's what I'm feeling. Here's what's going on. Maybe if I'm facing an external leadership struggle with something at church or work, an organizational issue, there's people I can go to and say, hey, this is how I'm feeling about this situation. Help me understand if I'm off and how I'm feeling about it. Mm -hmm. And help me understand maybe how you would approach this problem. And I've just found time and time again that it's people. Obviously it's, you know, I've, like I said, books, podcasts, all those things, great. But I think the things that have helped me grow the most are relationships with people. Yeah. I think we're uh, seeing that as a common thread as we talk about Uh each of these characteristics, as we looked at calling in our first series and then health in our second In everyone's story, we're seeing that in some way that community around them, whether that's the people they're checking in with or the people they are in the middle of it with are some of the greatest encouragement and inspiration that they are getting to help continue to cultivate and grow in whatever area of life that it is. Yeah, that's some good truth. I like that a lot. So what are some, uh, sorry, who are some leaders who inspire you to continue to grow as a leader in the church? Well, I would say this might be kind of cliche, but someone who that inspires me to grow just as a person in 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 my leadership wherever that's at is my wife. I think my wife is is an incredible leader in her own right. She's an assistant principal, but she helps she just inspires me to be the best I can be every day as a leader. And I found it's took me a while to figure this out, but I found that the Lord speaks to me through my wife many times. And um, it took me a few years to figure that out because <laughs> I was like, no, nah, I'm the one that hears from the Lord, not you. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I, he speaks to me a lot through my wife. So I, mm-hmm. I would say starting with my wife for sure. Um, you know, my my dad is someone, he's a senior pastor at our church. He's someone that has been very inspiring to me just from the fact that he can, he has been, I think there's something to be said for longevity in a oh, position absolutely. and faithfulness, being in the same position for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's very inspiring to me. And these are these kind of, there's there's lots of leaders out there that are, you know, are high capacity leaders that we know of. But I think I would say my wife, my dad, and then another person is uh, my wife's uh, dad. So he's my father-in-law. And I didn't, when I first met him and I was kind of like, 
I don't know that I have anything in common with this guy. Okay, You're so like, oh no, I'm gonna yeah, marry yeah, yeah. his daughter. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But man, I have come to uh, I I've grown to to love him. I care about him a lot. But he he inspires me. I mean, he he's also a pastor, but he leads in a complete different context than uh, than what my dad does. So he's got. A, uh, he's got a smaller church that where it's just you know maybe a couple staff that work there, but again it, he inspires me because again I just seeing him over the years pour everything he has into that church and he's had opportunities to go places that are maybe bigger and better, mm-hmm. but again what sticks out to me is just that he's been faithful with what God's given him. And he has just been there for the long haul. He hasn't dipped out, hasn't just left when things got hard. And so those are some people who really inspire me that are close to me. Um, Other people in the church world that I really inspire me, I love listening to Craig Groeschel. He has Mm -hmm. another leadership Mm -hmm. podcast out there. I listen to him a lot. So those are a few people that I really, that inspire me. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I think what you said about faithfulness is so big because it's like, kind of going back to that thing too of like, how do you view a leader? And it really goes back to the heart of a leader. Mm -hmm. And that's the example we see in Jesus too, right? We see his heart. You know, he had this position. He was going around sharing the gospel, you know, preaching parables, all these things. But Jesus also had the heart of a leader. He was a shepherd. He had the shepherding heart. He had the servant heart. He wasn't just the position of a servant or a shepherd, um, or whatever, you know, different roles he played um, in his ministry, but he always had the heart to back that up. Yeah. Um, and I think that's huge um, in the character of a leader. Like you said, your father-in-law, and like you said, your dad, you know, you view them as a leader, not just because that position that they have, but you view them as a leader because of the heart behind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so good. So you mentioned a few podcasts from um, a few people that you look up to. Are there any other resources that you would recommend to maybe someone who's just starting to um, have that heart of a leader, starting to move into a position? Uh, You know, just someone who's really trying to grow in that area. What are some things you would recommend to them? Well, I think, uh, again, I think, I really do think that there are, if anyone wants to grow as a leader, there are millions of resources out there that are at our fingertips. So whether that's reading for you, whether it's listening to, uh, I use Audible a lot to listen Mm. to books, whether it's listening to podcasts, whatever it is, you know, relationships with other people. But I think if I, those are, there's plenty of resources out there we can recommend. We can talk about those a little bit later. But I think one of the things that I would, that I would say to people who are younger is it it makes me think of I had a supervisor once who told me and it's always stuck with me he said that he said John you know the greatest leaders didn't set out to be great leaders mm. and I'm kind of paraphrasing what he said but this is this was my interpretation of what I remember him saying he said the greatest leaders didn't set out to be great leaders they really just discovered their why and that's what drove them and people were attracted to it and people started following them. And it kind of spoke to me because it's like when I was even younger, much younger, it was kind of like, man, I want to be a great leader. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go read a load of John Maxwell books and I want to be a great <laughs> leader. And again, that's, I think we, sh- you know, every leader should do that. Yeah. But I think what's more important is finding, maybe not, I don't want to be careful with the words I use because I don't want to yeah. say the word fine like, 
your purpose is out there and you have to find it somehow. I think, you know, God's created each of us with a purpose. You know, ultimately our purpose is to point people to Jesus Christ. It's right. all about people. But I think that when we we grow in a greater understanding of our purpose, mm-hmm. that that ends up driving us and it becomes attractive to people mm-hmm. and people just end up following. And so I always admire when someone has a great understanding of why they're doing what they're doing. And so I think I would say, yeah, there's all kinds of resources out there, but don't just set out to be a great leader. Find your why, find what it is that, that man, what, what is the thing that God has placed in me? What is my purpose here on earth that drives me? You know, I think of... Um, it's kind of crystallized for me. So Lydia, your your husband, you ever talk mm-hmm. about your husband on this or no? Yeah, okay. so, <laughs> of course. Yeah. So her husband, Jimmy, he works at our church also. He's an audio guy. And I remember this, there was a moment uh, a couple months ago that this really like, it was just like a moment that this crystallized for me a little bit. Mm-hmm. I was at an event in Peoria where they had brought in a big name speaker. They brought in Bob Goff. Okay. And oh, yeah. Yeah, again, yeah, so that, man, that. they paid top yeah, dollar yeah, yeah. to bring yeah, in Bob great. Goff. I mean, mm-hmm. and it's like, you just get Bob Goff in the room, let him speak, he'll do his thing. It'll be <laughs> yeah. awesome. Yep. Yeah, he's good. So we were there and uh, my wife and I with a couple of friends and we were sitting and Bob Goff got ready to get up on the stage and talk like, this is the main deal. This is what people are there for. And for whatever reason where I was sitting, the speakers weren't angled right. Oh no. And so, that is something Jimmy would be like, oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so Bob Goff probably had straight gold coming out of his mouth, but I could not understand what he was saying. Oh man. And then all of a sudden this sound guy came out of nowhere and he like, I don't even know what he did with the speakers, but he kind of adjusted them. Okay. And all of a sudden I could understand what Bob Goff was saying. Like the message was super uh-huh. clear. And in my moment, and, and in that moment, it was, I had this thought that I hope that sound guy understands what he just did. Mm-hmm. Like, I hope he understands that he's not just a sound guy. Like, he doesn't just deal with speakers and wires and setups and yeah. all that stuff. But I hope he understands, like, the greater why of what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Because what he just did is, yeah, Bob Goff is the main event. Yeah. But he made the message be able to be heard. Yeah. And without it's him, so good. yeah, Bob Groff, he's great. But without him, I don't hear a word Bob Goff says. Mm-hmm. And so it's that whole idea. I hope that guy understands, you know, has a greater understanding of why he's doing what he's doing. That, yeah, I do sound, but I do it because without it, people can't hear the message. They can't mm-hmm. hear what someone like Bob Goff wants to say to people. Yeah. And I don't know if I don't know that who that sound guy was. I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm, but I'm just saying it's discovering that why is what drives people. And so I remember if you're in that place where you're like, how do I discover what my why is? Um, I've always heard it said before that you need to keep asking why. Mm-hmm. And I heard this. Uh, um, it was an example of a of a, a janitor in a hospital one time. And they're saying, okay, so here's what you would do if you're a janitor in a hospital. And it was just an example someone gave me. It said, so why do you clean hospital rooms? And the person said, because that's what my boss tells me to do. Okay, why? Because it keeps the rooms from getting dirty. Okay, why does that matter? 
because it makes the rooms more sanitary and pleasant. Okay, why again does that matter? Because it keeps patients healthy and happy. Okay, so there you are to, there's the ultimate contribution. As I go through my day, yeah, I have a to-do list and here's what my boss has told me to do, but ultimately I'm here. And as a, if I were a hospital janitor, it's being, I'm here to help make patients healthy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and happy. So I don't care what, I'm, what kind of stuff I run into today. It's all about these patients. And that's what ends up driving that person. So I, all that to say, there's a lot of great resources out there. But before you even start saying, hey, I want to be a great leader, I would say find, not find, but grow in a great, in, 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 into a greater understanding of the purpose that God has given you. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. And I think that last example you gave of the janitor, it started with, well, my boss told me to do it to happier and healthier. It's not always on that surface level. You have to dig a little deeper into it. And you really do have to ask those questions, ask the people around you and think about why you're doing what you're doing. And if you are just doing it because you're told maybe you need to go a little deeper than that and, you know, see if you're in the right place that you're supposed to be, if this is the why you should be living out. Yeah. yeah, totally. And one thing that stuck out to me too was just this idea of every single person on a team. You know, there might be this leader of of a team in this position, but like you said, you know, that team that was putting on that event, there were so many different people who were a part of that team. And I think that's a big thing about a leader too. A leader is a good team builder. And one thing that I was thinking about as I prepared for this episode um, was just how Jesus was a strategic team builder. You know, he brought together um, all these disciples and some of them were from such different backgrounds. Um, There were a couple, you know, that were fishermen that had that common um, link between them. But then there were people who came in like a tax, a former tax collector and and people like that. And I think that just speaks to that there's so many different people, um, a part of each and every team. And a good leader is a person who looks at each one of those people and says, there is a purpose for you here. The sound guy, you know, there's a purpose for you here. Um, the guy who's, you know, introducing the speaker, there is a purpose for you here. Um, and every single person has that purpose um, and that importance as part of the whole team. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, and I think what's important about purpose is that I think I've heard it said before, like the difference between passion and purpose is that when we have a passion, passion is very much individualistic. So I have certain passions that maybe Lydia doesn't and Kayla has different passions that Lydia or I don't have, you know, but purpose is ultimately what knits people together. Mm. Purpose is what brings people together. Mm -hmm. So each of us, like, you know, you guys have talked about in your podcast, a lot of people in your podcast go to Northwood Community Church. So all of us go to Northwood Community Church here right now. And we each have different passions, but what brings us together is the purpose right. behind yeah, the church. Exactly. So I think when you find your purpose, it, it automatically is attractive because purpose unites mm. people and brings people together. Yeah, totally. Very true. So important. Um, I think for me, as I've gotten older, I've started thinking more and more about like, all right, how can I be pouring into and also realizing like, that could have been going on the whole time, whether that's um, you know a younger sibling or someone you're babysitting or whatever position you're in. There's always someone younger or less experienced in your life that you can be investing in. What are um, some ways that you say, like 
that you go about to invest in other people around you? Yeah, I think early on, I you know, I've always heard you need to be in, you know, investing in people behind you and helping to train people up and train up the next generation. And obviously I wouldn't be in student ministry, student life if I wasn't passionate about that. But I found over the, over the years as I've at least been in, in, on my journey that time management, management for me is super important. And so there's certain things that I'm going to give my time to. Uh, and there's some things that I'm not going to give time to. And so I think I used to just go about and say, hey, if anyone ever wanted to meet with me or I saw anyone needed help, I'd just go spend time with them. Mm -hmm. But now I've come into the place where I'm going to invest in people who really want to change and who want to grow. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes there's people who who come and want to, hey, can you help me with this? Can you, you know, can we sit down and talk about this? But they don't have any interest in actually changing or growing. Mm -hmm. They just want to talk about their problems, but they don't really want to get to the root of what's going on. And so, yeah, I love those people. I care about them. But I'm going to invest my time in people who really want to change and people who really want to grow. And so the way I do it, I just, I, I think it's, it's evident when someone comes, whether they're there to, to whether they really want to grow as a person. So, you know, are they humble? Are they hungry? Um, there's, there's just, there's probably a lot of things I would say I look for, but those are, you know, those are some of the things I look for, um, in people that I'm going to invest my time in. Cause I'm not, my time is too valuable to just, to just give it to anyone. Right. Mm. Yeah. So practically, what does that look like? with those people that you are like, okay, I can see they're reaching out. They want to make change. They want to grow. Practically, what does that look like for you as a leader to invest in them? Well, I think it just means continuing to to meet. So it's easy for me to just sit down and talk with someone one and done. But mm. I think it's intentional about saying, hey, let's put a time on the calendar and let's keep meeting. So a lot of times when uh, some of the guys that I meet with, maybe we'll go through a book together uh, a lot of one book that I've taken several people through and that's really been really impactful um, to me is called Spiritual Leadership by Jay Oswald Sanders. There's an incredible book. I think anyone who aspires to leadership should read it. Um, but yeah, I think I think for me, it's just that it's just making contact, not just like talking over email or text. It's like actually getting together and spending time with them and allowing them to even just be with me as I'm doing things. A lot of times I think, yeah, let's go get coffee. And sometimes one of the best teachers or one of the best ways I can help someone else is just to let bring them along during my day in mm-hmm. whatever I do. And they just get to see, here's how, here's how I go about this. Or, you know, and, and sometimes yeah. they help me be better because they, right. they point out things like, you ever thought about doing it this way? I'm like, mm, that's a good thought. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Um, One thing that I was just going to say is that um, for anybody who's listening today, um, I would just encourage you. One thing that I've kind of been trying to work on um, is just as I go throughout my life, as I go throughout, you know, my interactions with others, I'm just really listening to the Holy Spirit. Um, and listening to the Lord for, you know, if you encounter someone and you really feel prompted, like this is a person 
I should really invest in. Um, I would just encourage you as listeners to really take time to intentionally um, choose people to invest in in your life. Um, Because kind of as John said, you know, it's hard when you have to, you know, decide how you're going to spend your time um, and how you're going to distribute that. But I think one thing that's been really awesome is just really listening to who does God want me to invest in, not necessarily who would be, you know, the easiest to invest in or the, you know, necessarily people sometimes who you click with the most. It might be someone who's very different than you, but really um, the Lord could have as a person for you to invest in. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, So to wrap us up today, John, what would you say is one of the biggest challenges that uh, leaders would face today? Well, I think one of the, well, let me, let me just start by saying this. There was a, uh, there's another pastor, uh, his name is Kerry Newhoff and he wrote a book, might've been a year or two ago called Didn't See It Coming. And I remember in the book, he was talking, he's talking about challenges that leaders face. And I remember him saying, uh, talking about the difference between competency and character. So he used to t- he talked about how he used to think what makes a great leader is they're competent. They have the skills that, you know, they're a great thinker. They have everything they need to be a great leader. But then he said that I think, I think he said this, he said competency, competency will get you in the room as a leader, but character is what keeps you there. Mm-hmm. And it's so stuck with me because I think we've seen over and over that, even the past couple of years, doesn't matter where it's at or what context, that there have been leaders who are highly qualified, have incredible skills, they're highly gifted leaders, they're at the top of their field, but they disqualified themselves from leadership because of their character. And so, and so again, I think character is huge when it comes to leadership. And so I think one of the greatest challenges is sometimes I think the way we grow in our character is by having others who can speak into our life. Yeah. That's how it ha- happens for me too. And so I think one of the greatest challenges is cultivating deep relationships. You like how I use the word cultivate there? Yeah. That was good. <laughs> I got that. All right. Cultivating deep relationships with a few as yeah. opposed to mm-hmm. just having shallow relationships with a lot of people. Yeah. And yeah. in our day and age, I think that's really easy to do because of social media, social networks. Right. We can be mm-hmm. fooled into thinking, man, I have all these relationships with people. Look at how many followers I have on Instagram or look at how many people are, you know, have rated and liked my podcast. And we can think, man, yeah, we've got, I've got all these relationships with people. But yeah, at the end of the day, we really don't. And mm-hmm. so I think... I, I just think we can be fooled very easily into thinking that we have deep relationships with a few people. And so I know for me, like one of my biggest struggles I talked about early on was anxiety. It was having, and that's not necessarily, I don't know that I'd call that a specific character issue, but it was having someone in my life who I trusted enough to share some of my stuff with, but, but also had permission to yeah. point out something in me. Hey, John, have you, anyone ever told you you have anxiety? Hold up, you know. I mm-hmm. I don't know that I ever get there without having a deep relationship mm-hmm. with someone yeah, like that. Yeah, I think that's totally yeah. true. Yeah, because you're not going to receive that well from someone who doesn't really. I mean, anyone yeah. could say that to you, but if you don't have a relationship with them, that's going to be like, okay, whatever. Why do I care about yeah, your opinion? And they're most likely not going to, you know, say yeah. things like that too. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's, 
I just think those relationships are so, so important. And I think people have always asked me like, okay, so how do I, how do I have that relationship with someone who I can be myself, I can share my struggles, you know, but they have permission to speak into some of the things in my life, you know, where do you find that? And I'm like, I've told them, yeah, you have to go find it because they don't just grow on trees. Right. <laughs> so that means maybe, I think it's important to have people who are further along in their journey. So that means maybe, is there someone that you admire? Maybe you don't know them well at this point and just say, hey, go up to them and say, hey, can we sit down and have lunch sometime? And just say, hey, I would love to buy you lunch once a month and just invest in this relationship. Actually, the guy that pointed out my anxiety stuff was a guy that a couple of years ago, I didn't even really know him. Mm-hmm. until I walked up to him one Sunday and said, you know what? I like what you do. I admire who you are as a person. And so can we just start meeting for lunch? Mm-hmm. And it's turned into an incredible relationship. And so I think those deep relationships with a few, because you can't have deep relationships with tons and tons oh, and tons of people. That's, I think that's so true. You got to have a few of them. And I think those are the relationships that ultimately will help us grow mm-hmm. in our character. And so I think as a leader, you should be working twice as hard on your character mm-hmm. uh, as you are on your competency. Yeah. And it's cool too, because I feel like it can help both the person who, you know, maybe the older person or the person farther along who's leading, it can help them to grow, but then it's also helping the person who's receiving that mentorship to grow. So it's really this two-sided, beautiful, you know, relationship yeah. between someone maybe who's mentoring and farther along. Um, but I feel like they can also learn things too. And and they're being used by God, you know, to shape someone else's life and, and to help them too. And so I think that can be cool um, for people, you know, to really experience that as a leader, but then also as the one receiving that mentorship. Yeah. That's good. Well, John, thank you so much for being willing to share today. Um, We're just so thankful that you took the time to be with us here and share some of your wisdom and experience with everyone listening, coming from someone who works with you um, and is under your leadership often. I'm really thankful to uh, be led by you and just the ways that you cast vision and you know rally the team together and just the way that you lead is incredible. And I'm really thankful for that. So thank you for being well, hey, here. Thank you guys. Like I said, very honored to be here that you would think of me. So it's, ex- of it's fun to be here with you guys and looking forward to seeing some of your other guests on your podcast. Thanks. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please let us know by leaving a review, um, sharing it with a friend, or just reaching out on social media. You can find us at The Cultivate Podcast on either Facebook or Instagram. Thanks for listening. 